0: Turn to your neighbor and say bilingual. And so I want to start this morning with a thought, and that is moments that changed everything. And ask your neighbor, have you had a moment that changed everything? Have you had a moment that changed everything? So here are a list of a few different things that changed everything for people in the moments that they lived. In 1760, the Industrial Revolution changing land, economic power, labor changes. Number two, this is a big one, 1991, the internet. The internet definitely, and and all of us know that because how many of us live, breathe, maybe not us, but we know people, right, that live and breathe on that thing called the internet. The Renaissance period where art, architecture, logic, thinking, curiosity exploded, progression of medicine the reformation 16th century the reading of books personal study questioning thoughts about the black plague in 1347 killing 75 million people the printing press that was invented in 15th century in the old days we had newspapers right and books and, and those things now they're on our phone digital but that was a big deal back then changed everything we know that the atomic bomb, the invention of the, the atomic bomb was a moment that changed everything. The Cold War, World War I, World War II, those changed moments where people lived and breathed. Airplane travel, as my wife is going to be on a plane back from Georgia today, that's a big deal. That changed everything when people began to fly. Communism, 1848, that was invented, that was brought out a couple of men who who their thoughts and theory of control the spanish influenza that killed 40 million people for the men who found america that was a big deal that changed everything the women's movement that was birthed in 1848 women who decided that we should have a voice and vote as well right it's a big deal stock market crash 1929 10 years of the Great Depression, of money that just disappeared. 9 11, over 3,000 people we know died. A big one for us, it's really still fresh in our heart. COVID, 10.5 million people died, leaving lasting effects. Lungs, heart, kidney, liver, Brain. Interestingly enough, you know, as I was reading about COVID, there are so many different things that affected people, whether you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, the lasting effects that have been proven to hurt people's lungs, heart, kidneys, liver, brain, all kinds of things throughout the body. Even affecting, and I can say it, Most of us are adults, sex. Can you believe that? COVID, this virus, whatever it may be, that has changed. And I think for us, it really is fresh in our brain. has changed time and history, right? Now we're seeing inflation, gas, expenses, and so many different things, the cause of COVID and the lasting effects. Moments that changed everything. Jesus Christ, his birth, life, death, resurrection, changed everything. And then obviously for us here this morning, every one of you, you had a moment when life began for you when you were born. And all of you in here this morning, beautiful, handsome, perfectly created, the way that God put you together, the life, the heart, the mind, the soul, everything that God has given to you, born in a moment that changed everything for your parents and for you the moment you were born. So many beautiful things for us in life. And, and I think all of us have maybe a list of things that have changed everything. There were things that we can go back and say, that changed me. That affected me. Obviously getting married, right? That's a big deal. Having kids, another big deal. So many different things that all of us have gone through. The day that we asked Jesus into our life and we became saved. Life, beautiful gift. Every single moment, I got this gift one time and I hung it on my wall and it says, life is like coffee, it's how you make it. How are you making your coffee? How do you make your life? How do you make your thoughts? How do you make your feelings? How do you make the moments? How do we embrace the moments that have changed everything? Now there are moments that changes for the better, but unfortunately there are moments that have changed us for the worse. Joel, if you can come on up here for a second, I'm gonna get a little help from my friend. Now we're in a thing called bilingual, and how many of us know once in a while we need a little help from what? Our friends. Amigos. Or our brothers.
1: Hermanos.
0: The lady who owns Steve's Burgers West thinks that we really are brothers. She says, I can see the the resemblance between us two. She says this, yeah, absolutely. Can't you tell? I mean, we're almost identical twins, right? It's in the beard. It's in the beard, I'm telling you. (laughs) 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 So this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump into Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And it says this, the serpent was the
1: shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. La serpiente era el animal Más, eh, de todos los que había. And one day he asked the woman, día, un día le preguntó a la mujer, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Y le preguntó, ¿y de veras Dios dijo que no puedes comer de este árbol del jardín? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. You must not eat it. Even touch it. If you do, you will die. Seguramente morirás. Verse four. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Y luego la serpiente dijo, No te vas a morir. Le dijo a la mujer. God knows that your eyes will be opened. Dios sabe que tus ojos van a estar abiertos. As soon as you eat it, e en cuanto lo comas, you will be like God. Vas a ser igual que Dios, knowing both good and evil. Sabiendo lo que es bueno y lo que es malo. The woman was convinced. La mujer estaba convencida. She saw the tree was beautiful. Ella vio que el árbol estaba hermoso. The fruit looked delicious. La fruta se miraba deliciosa. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Y ella quería tener el entendimiento que le iba a dar. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Entonces agarró de la fruta y la comió. And then she gave it to her dumb husband. I mean, <laughs> her husband. Y luego se la dio a su esposo medio menso. No, no es cierto. Who was with her? He él, ate it too. Y él también la comió. And at that moment, y en ese momento, their eyes were opened. Se les abrieron sus ojos. And they suddenly felt shame. Y de repente se sintieron con vergüenza. At their nakedness. Porque estaban desnudos. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Entonces agarraron hojas de una higuera y las pusieron juntos y se taparon. When the cool evening breeze was blowing Cuando estuvo el, la brisa la tarde, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Entonces, escondieron entre los árboles. And he called to the man. Y él les habló a ellos. Where are you? Les decía, ¿Dónde están? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden so I hid y ellos le dijeron oímos que venías caminando por el jardín y nos escondimos I was afraid because I was naked. porque tuvimos miedo porque estábamos desnudos Who told you that you were naked? Él le dijo y quien les dijo a ustedes que ustedes estaban desnudos the Lord God asked, les preguntó Dios acaso han comido del árbol del cual yo les dije que no deben de comer the man replied, el hombre dijo, It was the woman you gave me. Era la mujer que tú me diste. That's why I ate the fruit. Por eso comí la fruta. The Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. Y dice, la serpiente me engañó. And that's why I ate it. Y por eso yo la comí. Thank you, Mr. Joel. Gracias. Give it up for Mr. Joel.
0: You know, I read through about 22 things that have changed time and history. This is one of the greatest moments, the greatest things that, is, that happened, that changed humanity forever. In this moment and in this story, this changed absolutely everything. And it didn't change it for the better. It changed it for the worse. As we go through this today, as we go through this story, as we go through the thoughts and we go through thinking about moments that change everything, it's important to ask myself, it's important to ask ourselves, what have I gone through that changed me for the better? And What have I gone through that has changed me for the worse? What have I learned in life from every single situation? We've been in this thing called bilingual, and we're bilingual because as this morning we started, and I read in English, Joel spoke in Spanish, and there's two worlds that were represented on this stage. It was me speaking in English, Joel speaking in Spanish, representing the two worlds that we live in. We live in a physical world that we see. Pinch your neighbor and say, I see you. As Joel's already got pinched earlier, we heard, but you can get pinched again. We live in this world that we see. There's so many things that we can see, the Ferraris and the Porsches. There's so many beautiful houses and so many different things all over the world that we love to see, waterfalls and fireworks and all those great things that we see and we feel. But at the same time, there's this world that we don't see, this spiritual world. And so for many, the spiritual world sounds like a foreign language, kind of like for me, I only speak English and I don't understand any other language. I am not bilingual i'm just me john and i don't get it and i don't understand it yet other than gracias right i do know that one so i'm on my way right we live in these two worlds physical and spiritual we live in a bilingual world that is there's two things happening all the time and the important thing is every day that we take a step back to say is god's voice to me sound foreign today because my physical world is so loud that I'm not understanding the spiritual things that he's trying to say to me. This moment in time, Adam and Eve, it absolutely changed everything, not for the better, but for the worse. You know, right after this, soon as this, and and how do we know that it changed it for the worse? Because soon as Adam and Eve took a bite of a beautiful, red, delicious, apple just watch so clean no chemicals no preservatives nothing no insecticides sprayed on those things beautiful as soon as they did this we see just down the road their sons one son kills another son the first murder we see a few more years down the road people their thoughts became so grotesque god said i'm i'm brokenhearted that i made mankind because their thoughts are wrong all the time One bad choice, one moment, one time, one thing that they decided to do, it changed everything for the worse, and it only escalated and continued to get worse. It got so bad that God said, I'm going to flood the earth with water, causing, after the flood, an immediate ice age. Every scientist, if there's that amount of water upon the earth, it would cause an immediate ice age, which... Um, then push people to actually spread out across the earth. That's where people ended up all over the world. You had the flood, you had the ice age, and then people who just took off and started journeying everywhere. This moment, Adam and Eve, that absolutely changed everything, and not for the better, but for the worse. We see in this story, the serpent, who's also called the devil, he comes to Adam and Eve, and, he, and he's thrown out of heaven. What did he do? How many of us know that when you get hurt by somebody and somebody stabs you in the back and anytime you get a cut, anytime you get punched, anytime anything happens to these physical bodies, how many of us know it takes time to heal, right? And so sometimes how many of us know that when there is a fresh wound, if you hit that fresh wound again, what happens to most of us? Now, if you're a man, we scream like a baby, right? And we want our wives to attend to us. And please help me. I'm dying here. Can't you see I've got this cut that's this big and it's, it hurts so bad? The devil thrown out of heaven, what did he do? He went right after God's creation. The devil going after God's creation. To whom God had given the earth. To Adam and Eve he gave the earth to. He said, be responsible. Take care of this place. Fill it. Have fun. Have fun. Be clean, be responsible, jealous. The devil goes after God's creation to destroy everything that is good. And what did he do with Adam and Eve? There was a question, there was a statement, and there was a lie. Question, statement, and lie. Turn it over, question, statement, lie. Question, statements, and lies. Question, statements, and lies. The devil used these to quickly, to put seeds of doubt in Eve's head. He put a seed of desire for wanting more. A seed of being uncontent, to be unhappy, unsatisfied. The seed of just wanting more and more and more and more and more. We see Eve in this conversation. Soon as her, she's having this conversation with this snake, what does she do? She immediately says, you know what? He's right. It looks good. This looks good. It looks right. She smells it. Ah. It smells delicious. This will be my apple. You can have the other one but I you know I already kind of touched it so I don't know if you want that one. But you could wash it and then be safe, right? She looks at it and she says, "He's right. It looks good." Eve says, "You know what? It looks right. This is this is going to be good. It tastes good." She said, she makes a statement, "I can eat this." It's going to make me even wiser. Mm, Let's meditate for a minute and become wiser. Mm. She's having this moment where she's thinking it looks good, sounds good, tastes good, smells good. It's going to make me wise by eating this. Oh, my gosh. And so she does. And then she turns to her dummy husband and she says, now you eat it. And his dummy husband, her dummy husband, says, okay, sure. Whatever my wife gives me is good, right? You know, we look at Adam in this story, and the whole time, the whole conversation, the only thing that is listed for us is that he's sitting there watching. Listening, unless he's playing on his iPhone, we don't know. But he's there, and he's with Eve, and we have no idea why a man would let his woman... I mean, he still may have the pain from his side because God cut him open and ripped out a rib, right, and created Eve. He may still have a little pain, and maybe that's what he was doing. He was still, like, nursing his side, saying, (laughs) it hurts, we don't know. But for whatever reason, he is sitting there, and he's letting a snake talk to his bride. And we don't know. Maybe they had conversations all the time. Maybe they'd walk along, and maybe... Because it's not listed and it's not written here. Maybe there was some comfortability with the serpent. Maybe it was a nice serpent before. And now the devil was using the serpent, right? The snake. But he's sitting back and he's watching and listening. And I I want you to hear something loud and clear this morning. There is so much life that happens when we sit and listen. There is so much life that happens when we sit back and listen and watch. There is so much life that's missed when we're sitting and when we're watching. There are so many moments in life that change everything. But there are so many moments we miss because we're just sitting and we're just listening. And all of us in here this morning, we all have things that we love and enjoy. And it causes us to be in a sit in a watch mode of not doing anything. And that's not all bad, right? That's not all bad. Having healthy, you know, um, activities and hobbies are good for our bodies. They keep our mind healthy and fresh. But there are mental, emotional, spiritual, physical moments this morning that you need to hear. We're watching and we're not participating. We're listening and we're not participating Like Adam in this story, he's watching his wife, for whatever reason, talk with the snake, watching and doing nothing. You know, Matthew 6.22 says your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. Then the light you think you have might be darkness. How deep could that darkness be? No one can serve two masters. You hate one and love the other. Our eyeballs, these things that God has given to us, we see through these eyes. Do you know how delicate and awesome and amazing these eyeballs are? Do you know how amazing it is? How amazing to really think that we get to, we get to see each other. God didn't put us here blindly to where we see nothing but darkness every single day. We live in this physical world. How many things, beautiful flowers do we enjoy seeing? After rain, when there's a rainbow and we see colors, we say, that's beautiful. It's wonderful. We go to the beach and we see the rocks and the waves and we say, that's awesome and amazing. We go out at night and the stars are shining and the stars are dancing and the stars are moving, shooting stars. How many of us, we love to to be able to see? Adam, he saw with his eyes. He was there. We know that he was there. And what was he doing? He was just watching. And so we know that in life, there's things that we miss because we're sitting back watching. But maybe we're missing something because it's what we're watching. Or it's what we're focused on in the moment. It's what we're watching. It's what we're concerned. Our eyes are the lamp that provides light for these bodies. And Jesus said, if your eyes healthy, if you're looking with your eyes at the right thing, then your body will be filled with health. But if your eyes are looking at something it shouldn't be, then he said your eyes are going to let darkness in. And he said some people think that they're letting light in their eyeballs when they're actually letting darkness. You know, Adam and Eve they have a moment here. As soon as they eat the apple, they have a moment, and you know what the first moment was? Hey, we're naked. Oh my gosh. What happened? Did somebody just turn the lights on? We absolutely have no clothes on. Now, how is it? We don't know how old they are at this moment. They could be in their teens, they could be late teens. We don't know how old they are. But all of a sudden, just eating this, they had no idea before this moment that they had no clothes on. Everything that was natural and normal to them changed. Changed in one second. Everything, everything changed. One moment, all they did was take a bite of a simple apple, a simple fruit, a simple thought, a simple lie that they believed, and it changed everything for them. And the first thing that they noted is,
1: hey, we don't have clothes on.
0: What are we going to do? Well, let's get some leaves. Isn't it? That was probably Eve, the creative one. I'm guessing, right? Like, hey, let's just grab some leaves. It says they sewed fig leaves together. I mean, talk about creativity, right? I mean, they had no idea they're naked. Now they're naked. What are we gonna do? Oh, let's sew fig leaves together. The very first outfit. Wow, can you imagine? The very first outfit seems like something we'd see on YouTube or somewhere else today, right? They're naked. All of a sudden, in this moment, they hear a voice and they know who it was. It's kind of like when, how many of us can remember as a kid, and you went and did something that dad or mom told you not to do. Soon as we heard dad's voice, how many of us would be like, oh, shooty ding, I'm in trouble. How many of us remember as a kid when, you know, I can't tell you how many times I got yelled at. I can't tell you how many times I had that lovely, um, you know, spanking of the belt because I was naughty. How many times as a kid I enjoyed fighting with my sisters? I don't know why, but when I was young and you're a boy and you have sisters, you just want to beat them up. You just want to hear them scream, and then they scream and run to dad, and then you get busted, right? It was horrible. It was so fun to make them scream, but you knew trouble was coming after you made your sisters scream. But to hear the sound of dad's voice was like, uh uh-oh. How many of us, we knew trouble was coming, but yet we did it anyway? Adam and Eve, they knew trouble was coming, and they hear God's voice. And as soon as they hear God's voice, what did they do? They hid. Many people today in our world, they're hiding. Many people in our world today, they're hiding because they don't want to be exposed for the choices that they've made. Many people in our world today, they're hiding because they don't want other people to know the choices that they've made, the things that they've done. So many people hiding just as Adam and Eve hid from God in this story. There's many of us, we hide from God at times. And you know what we do? We hide from one another at times because things that are going on on the inside, I don't want my sister, my brother, I don't want my family my friends, I don't want my church family and my friends, I don't want them to know what's really going on inside of me. I don't really want them to know what I like to do over here on the side. I don't want anyone to know, so I want to hide from everybody. I want to hide from God, I'm going to hide from Him. I'm going to hide from her. How many husbands and wives hide things from each other every single day? How many kids hide things from their parents? Parents having no idea. And I love that when I went to um, a uh, men's thing and it was put on by a guy who wrote a book called Digital Cocaine And he goes to um, a a school, and in the daytime, he asks the kids at the school, he says, how many of you, and there's like 250 kids, how many of you kids here play on your devices every night? Of course, every single kid raises their hand that they play on their device. Now, he invited parents to come back for a conference at the night. The parents come in, and he asks the parents, how many of you parents let your kids play on their phone at night? five parents there was 200 kids right 200 kids that were there they all raised their hand they're on their devices but when asked the parents mommy and daddy how many of you let your kids there was only five how many of us as parents have no idea sometimes because kids are hiding things from us how many husbands and wives hide things from each other how many people in our world are hiding from God because they don't want to be exposed to something just like Adam and Eve in this story. You know, James 1.14 says, temptation comes from our own desires, entices us, drags us away. But when these desires give birth, watch out because they produce sinful actions. And when sin is allowed, it grows and gives birth to death. I love how in this story, what is the very first thing that they do the the moment that they're exposed? God says, Adam, what did you do? What does he say? She made me do it. She. And I I love how he threw it at God. The woman you gave me. He didn't say it's just this lady or, you know, this girl. It's this girlfriend of the week. He said, God, it's the woman you gave me. It's her fault. He took no responsibility. He took no responsibility for his actions. Did he have to eat the apple? that Eve ate? No. Now she gave it to him. And of course he was enamored by her beauty and her, you know, sweet, soft speech so he felt like he had to, right? And we know most of us men, we like to what? We like to eat. But what did Adam do? No responsibility at all. The woman that you gave me, she made me do this. Sounds like junior high or even little kids, right? When mom and dad come in and they ask you, what do you do? They did it. I did nothing. I just was telling them, stop, and look what they did. God asks Eve, what did you do? What does she say? Serpent. Now, there's one thing that Eve says in this story because it has a little bit of honesty. Not only is she blamed the serpent, but she said, he deceived me she admitted something in this. She was a little more honest. She wasn't as perfect and she's not, you know, you know we know all women are sweet and perfect, right? But she's a little honest, but she's also not taking full responsibility either. Adam takes no responsibility. It's her fault. Eve she takes a tiny bit of tiny bit of responsibility. She says, "I was deceived." Deceived, God, I was deceived, I was seduced, outwitted, God, I, I cheated. That word that she used, being deceived, cheated, outwitted, seduced. And so she's having a second of honesty to say, yeah, I screwed up. I let this thing seduce me outwit me, deceive me. A little honesty, but still a lot of blaming. Kind of like most of us in here today. How many situations do we face every single day and it's, well, it's what he did to me 25 years ago. It's what she did to me. It's what my parents did to me 45 years ago. How many people today still blame one person from their past for something, their feelings that trigger in today? If you talk with a psychiatrist, if you listen to psychiatry, if you talk with counselors and you know that people, as you're talking with a psychiatrist and they're asking you what's wrong and they're asking you questions, they're going to ask you for your triggers. They're going to ask you questions to know what are the things that trigger thoughts in your head that cause depression, loneliness, insecurity, jealousy, all of these things. They're going to say, what are the triggers that are inside of you? And so many people throughout our world today, we we can stop and say, it's COVID's fault. COVID's fault, right? We can stop blaming our wife and our husbands and our kids and our parents and, you know, on and on and on. We can stop blaming all those. We can turn to something else. It's COVID. It's the internet's fault. That's why I'm like this. It's Spectrum's fault. They bring internet to my house. It's Frontier. They bring to my house. This morning, my title's called Tipping Point. Turn to your neighbor and say Tipping Point. So, all of that for an introduction because i have another 45 minutes tipping point means a critical point in a situation a process a system a significant effect change takes place all the things that i read at the very beginning cold war world war 1 world war 2 covid the internet the different plagues that have happened around our world finding america moments that have changed history there was a tipping point a critical point critical part of a situation a process a system that had a significant effect change that's something that took place a point an issue an idea a product something that crosses a certain threshold but when crossing a certain threshold It starts to gain momentum, triggered by something, a decisive moment, the moment of truth, a critical moment, crisis. And today, all of us live in a special moment in time. Like Esther, who was in the Bible, and she was a queen in the Bible, and she realized through family, maybe I was born for such a time as this. This morning... God wants you to hear a couple things. And one of them is, you were born for such a time as this. Secondly, through the good and the bad in your life, God has used that to change you, to mold you, to shape you, to bring you to the point you are today. But the moment that we live in right now is a very, very crucial moment. There is a tipping point for many of us in this room. Physically, spiritually, What we're facing, what we're thinking, what we're going through, what we're worried about. I was talking with a customer a few weeks back, and I was asking about what he was doing for the future. And he said, you know what? I've decided I'm going to stop making plans for the future because I think World War III is coming. And it might. But does that mean that we should just stop doing everything right now because there could be a World War III This is a tipping point for many people in this room, watching, listening, friends, family. Many of us know someone who's at a tipping point in their life, a very crucial point, decision. And so as we face this tipping point in our lives, there's three things that the devil did, and there's three things that he's still doing today. He planted doubt, he inspired a desire, and he pushed her to want more. Doubt, desire, wanting more. Doubting what God said is true. Doubting that if God meant it, if God said it, he meant it, does we have to follow it by the book? If God said it in his word, does that mean we're supposed to follow it or should we, you know, just leave it up there a little dusty and follow the things that we want to follow, but let's ignore the things that we want to ignore. Satan, the devil, putting doubt in our mind, the truth, the Bible says the truth that sets us what? Free. Desire. How many of us don't have desires? How many of us don't desire and want things? We see a beautiful car drive by. How many of us look and go, oh, yeah, baby. I can see me in that, right? How many of us see things on TV, on our phones, devices, and it's like time to go shopping because, ah, there's that desire. I want that. I need that. The devil with the desires, he's promising so much, but yet he always delivers so little. And here's a big one. What was one of the key things that Eve said? If I eat this, wow, I'm going to become so smart. You see, the the seed that he planted for her, what did it, what did it cause her to do? I want more. That word there, more, is so dangerous. M O R E. I want more. I need more. Because all of us in here this morning, we have lived through a moment in time called COVID. We have lived through a time where we had to stay home. We had to live through a time where we had to share toilet paper. We lived through a time where we didn't leave our house. We have lived through a moment in a crisis in time where life kind of stopped. And what did that do for many people? It caused everyone to stop, but now what are they doing? They're wanting more. So many people in our world, they want more. Drive around, look at Walmart, look at the stores, look at how many Amazon boxes are being delivered. So many of us wanting, looking, desiring for more. How many people buying the line that I need more, I want more. It looks good, it sounds good, it tastes good. The devil's saying, you need this, you want this. You deserve this. You deserve this right now. Through every conversation, through every encounter, through moments that we've lived, through recent moments, past years, things that we're worried about in the future, struggling, three things, doubt, desire, and want more. And so as we wrap up this morning, and as we kind of pull all these things together, I want to start by saying John 10.10. says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich, And satisfying life. That satisfying life means life to the max. Or as Joel likes to say, plus tax. The problem is we live in a broken society and a broken world still. No matter how much good God wants for you, no matter how much good God wanted for Adam and Eve, what did they still decide to do? choose something that hurt them, that hurt their son, It hurt humanity. Every choice you make today, every choice you make this week can have a lasting impact on everyone in your life. Every single choice that we make is so important. The moment and the time that we live in today, it's a tipping point, which means that things are so crucial. But what I ask of you this morning, because all of us, we hear things, we want things, we want to know more things. You have to be careful what you listen to. What does the devil do? He puts doubt in our hearts. Is God really here? Is God really doing this? Did God really say? Watch where your doubts are. Number two, watch where your desires go. What is the desires and my feelings right now? And lastly, watch where you're wanting more. Watch where you're wanting more. Because those three things, they destroyed Adam and Eve, and I'm telling you this morning, it's destroying many people that we know. Doubt, desire, and I want more. It is killing people. It is hurting people. And it is destroying people's lives. Because the tipping point for us, there was moments that changed everything. And there's people that we know. And so a few things as we walk out of here. Number one, it starts with being honest. Where are the things in my life that I'm being lied to about? Where are the things that the devil is tempting me with? What are the questions that he's put in my heart? What are the lies, the questions? What are the seeds of doubts? What does he put in there? And it starts with being honest. Number two, what is the trigger that's causing these thoughts that I have, feelings that I have? Number three, realizing Is what I'm being promised, is it from him or is it from the devil? Is it from God or is it from somebody else? There's so many things today that people struggle with. The Bible says that if you humble yourself, if you resist the devil, he has to what? Flee. I just know today, the day that I live in, myself, all of us. There's certain things that we're, on, we're not honest about ourselves and we're not honest to other people. When Joel came up here, what is this one of the things I said? We all need a little help from our friends. If we're not honest, you know what? You're damaging yourself. If you're not honest with what you're feeling, all of us want more, all of us have desires, all of us have doubts. But it's where we let the devil lead us through those things, doubts, desires, and wanting more. And if you're not honest about where you're being led, if you're not honest about wanting more, you know what it's going to do? It's going to destroy you from the inside out. Don't let him rob you. Don't let him take what belongs to you. We, just like men and women for years have been doing, we must stand and fight the good fight. Stand with us this morning. We're going to close and pray. So as we close and pray this morning, I'm going to read one Bible verse. Hebrews 12 says this, we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us then strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates, perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the what? The cross. He endured the what? The cross. Are there things that we're going to have to endure? Absolutely. Now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, have you not given your lives up in your struggle against sin? You know, sometimes we think of sin as as horrible things. You know, murder, you know, rape, molest. And, And those things are all, of course, absolutely disgusting and downright. But I also think one of the biggest things that we struggle with as believers today, we don't realize that he's after you because he wants to slow you down. The writer of Hebrews, what does he give the picture of? Running a race. But if we're trying to run a race and we have all these words that are tied to us, and we have all these heavy things that are tied to us, if we believe the doubts, if we believe certain desires, if we believe we wanted more, if we think we deserve this and we don't have this and I gotta do this, we're trying to run something, but it's so sluggish. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, you're saved. And if you're saved, what is he gonna do next? Trip and slow you down as much as he possibly can because what you're born for a reason you're born for a reason to be the light of the world to reflect the greatest light that ever lived jesus christ who walked here 2000 years ago to be a reflector of that great light there is nothing better there is nothing more that people need than the light of jesus if you're saved then is there anything slowing you down this morning any thoughts any feelings any emotions anything that your eyes have soaked in as as adam sat and watched tv as his wife was hanging around with the snake what are we watching what are we watching this morning because i can tell you some of us there's things we're missing because we're watching in the wrong place what you have right here in this moment and in this time what you have in this moment and what you have right in front of you, everything that you need, everything that you are, you are beautiful, you are handsome, you are amazing and now we just need to do what he's put us here to do, don't let anything, what did, what did they say, resist the devil, be honest with your doubts, be honest about what you struggle with, be honest so that you can get through it, be honest, let's pray.